Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Well, good morning. It is Monday, February 5th. It is six minutes after nine with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So much to get to today, Rob. The Senate released the text of the border bill. Victoria Sparts, more or less, said that she's running again. You had Donald Trump on Meet the Press over the weekend. And NBC released a new poll. You're pointing at me. Well, is I that, thought you wanted to say something. Well, I mean, I, no, it's, you're in charge of the show. I'm just here, you know, doing your bidding, basically, from 9 to <laughs> noon each day. So, look, I'll I'll leave it up to you, Casey. Mm-hmm. Which one of these stories yeah. would you do you believe our audience would be most interested in? How do we start this award-winning program? Because you're right. There are four very equal, yeah. I mean, very, uh, you know, very, very worthy stories of leading uh, the Monday edition of the Kendall and Casey I show. say we go chronologically okay. at this point, and that means we're going to start off with the NBC poll. What does that mean chronologically based on what? So based go- on when it was released. Oh, okay. We'll, we'll get to that uh, text from the border bill coming okay. up, but uh, let's start with the poll. Okay, that's fine. I just want to say this for now, yeah. because I know we'll get to it, I'm sure, within the hour. But yes. I just want to say this out of the gate. If you see Victoria Sparts, <laughs> like whether that is at an official event, mm-hmm. at a campaign event, at LS Airs, at a Wendy's, at a bingo hall, wherever you see her, and we'll get into this in just a little bit, you make sure to point at her and laugh. Simply scorning this woman and not voting for her, not enough. You must point at her and laugh, and you must publicly shame her because she is completely ridiculous. Now to the poll. Thank is you. Is it because she flip-flopped when no, she said no, she was? No, we're, we're not we'll getting get into, into it, it later. We're going to do it later. I just want to get that out there. I want the opening salvo of this show okay. to be if you see that woman, you point at her and you laugh. And when you laugh, make sure you let her know, I am doing this on behalf of the Kendall and Casey show. Okay, well, this new NBC poll says that Donald Trump leading Joe Biden by five points. That is the biggest lead for Trump in 16 consecutive polls. Biden crashing at only a 37% job approval. Isn't this interesting how everything that has happened to Trump, like, like, if you just start with where did Trump leave in 2021? Okay, let's take, let's not even start with the legal stuff. Let's start with where Trump left in 2021. And the high negatives he had even entering the election season period. And then when you couple with clearly the events of January 6th, I mean, while not nearly as, you know, I mean, they made it out to be Pearl Harbor or 9-11-esque, clearly not that, but not a good look, didn't help him in favorability. He left office as one of the most unpopular presidents in history. And yet Joe Biden has done such a bad job, Mm -hmm. Casey, Mm -hmm. because it's not like Trump has gotten more likable over the past three years. Now, people have just simply looked at the horrific job Joe Biden has done, and they've said, you have done such a bad job that this person who left as one of the most unpopular presidents in U.S. history is now our preferred choice. And we're getting to the point, Casey, in this poll where I think technically and still inside the margin of error, but very, very close to not being inside the margin of error. Okay, so Trump is leading Biden by more than 20 points on which candidate would handle the economy better. And to me... That's it. 
That's the big one. Now, there's also a, a big disparage between the two of them, 30 points when you talk about immigration and what's going on with the border. But uh, it's the economy to me because that's something that affects everybody every single day. And and polling now shows the other issue. I mean, the, the two made-for-Trump issues are the two most important issues. It is a dream scenario in terms of how poorly Biden is doing and the issues he's doing the most poorly on. And so that is, as you said, the economy and now the border Mm -hmm. immigration. And Biden has failed colossally on both of those. Why? Because leftism, Marxism, socialism, whatever ism you want to describe to what Biden is doing, it does not work. It, It has never worked in human history not just in the United States. It's never worked throughout human history. It never ends well for the people who are subject to it. And Biden and the people who run the show over there have put this far left full court press on this country and people are seeing the results of it in in real time. You know, it's interesting you said the economy because I went and met with our old buddy Bill Dimery mm-hmm. on, uh, on Friday and boy, he's just a great guy and we just love Bill and, and we had, you know, we had a chat about the economy and I'm thinking to myself as I'm, I'm talking to Bill because like the stock market is doing things, but the stock market is not, uh, is not um, necessarily an indication of how the economy itself is doing. And I'm not sure exactly when that changed. It used to be, hey, if the stock market is on the rise, everybody's rising with it. I don't think that's the case anymore. And I think, you know, we saw this under Obama was a great example of this, where the stock market grew leaps and bounds, yet Main Street didn't feel as though it was doing a fraction as well as Wall Street was doing. And I think that is repeating itself, where it appears the stock market has continued to climb, not appears, it has continued to climb, certainly out of a post-COVID world, but yet the day-to-day operations of the economy are not nearly as strong as Wall Street. And I think Biden and his people are trying to sell people on, look at the stock market, look at the jobs. Yeah, the jobs came because you took everybody's jobs, so you don't get credit for that. And just because some fat cat on Wall Street is doing well, and the upper class continues to soar in income, the uh, the divide continues to widen mm-hmm. between regular everyday people and the richest people in in the country. Well, another area that is beginning to show a big divide and is very damaging to Biden is that people don't think he's up to the job. Yeah. And it's growing more and more compared to 2020. So this is what it sounded like. NBC, oh my gosh, they can barely contain themselves when they announced that Donald Trump is leading Biden. Political correspondent Steve Kornacki. Steve, these are some truly stunning numbers. They really are, Kristen. And let's just start with the bottom line. When you ask folks, hey, if it's the general election and it's Trump versus Biden in our poll, Donald Trump now leads Joe Biden by five points. Compare that to the last time we polled back in November. Trump was ahead then, but it was only by two points. It's even more significant when you look at it this way. Over time, we have been testing for five years now, going back to 2019, a Biden-Trump match. Matchup. Remember, 2019, 2020, Joe Biden led. He led big in every single one of our polls. For the first time in November, Donald Trump pulled ahead in our poll. And now at five points, this is the biggest lead NBC has ever had in 16 polls for Donald Trump over Joe Biden. And of course, undergirding all of this is this question of he is the incumbent, Joe Biden. We ask voters, what do you think of the job he's doing? And look at that, Kristen, 37 percent approve and now 60 percent disapprove. And we should say that. And that's the- down 
from November because just in November, Biden was at a 40 percent approval rating and now it's down to 37 percent. And here's the other crazy part of this, Casey. Yeah, is. And this is probably what has the Biden people most concerned. Trump in 2016 and 2020 always exceeds polling because there's a lot of people who, who don't want to admit that will they not like admit Trump. they're voting for, and he did it both mm-hmm. in 2016 and 2020 so if that poll's got him up five it's probably seven to eight and there's going to come a point where here's the danger for the democrats there's going to come a point where it's too late to do the switch because biden will be so far down that it'll be baked and that people will start in their minds they'll start rationalizing the vote for Trump, people who don't like, I'm talking about people who don't like Trump personally, but they know the economy so bad. And even if, let's say in August, you sweep in or July or whenever the Democrat convention is, you sweep in there with Michelle Obama, it won't matter because people have already baked in. Look, the party, this party, the party collectively is a loser. It's not just the candidate at the top, it's the party collectively. And so I, you know, I'm on board with your theory that he, he's not going to be the nominee, but whatever they're going to do might want to accelerate the process mm-hmm. here. So you all often bring up, well, what about when you throw in a third party into this situation? Because right now that's just Trump and Biden. Yeah. Well, in a hypothetical matchup featuring third parties, guess what happens? What? Trump's advantage over Biden grows to six points. Well, so, the, and maybe we'll get into this later. The big rumor is the libertarians, because of their ballot access, are going to strike some deal with Robert F. Kennedy Jr. because there's a bunch of states he's not even going to be on the ballot on because just the massive undertaking to get signatures, et cetera. Libertarians basically have ballot access in all 50 states. And so maybe they're going to form some unholy alliance that'll put him on the ballot in, mm-hmm. in every, every state. Mm-hmm. But look, again, there's nothing Biden's going to do. And this is his biggest problem. There's nothing Biden's going to do between now and the election that is going to improve the condition of the country. There's just no, there's nothing there's nothing that's going to happen. He cannot correct he cannot correct course and do anything that's going to make people who are getting mad about the economy, the border, anything, energy, any of this stuff. There's nothing that's going to change it. It's all already baked in. Okay, so you mentioned the border, and late yesterday afternoon, the Senate released the text of the border bill, yeah. and I. I, we'll talk about it, but the House of Representatives are not going to. We'll see. <laughs> the, many we'll of them see, claiming, Casey. nope, it's dead. Move on because it's wholly ridiculous. And that's on the way from 93 WIBC. <laughs> that's some good math. It's 21 minutes after nine. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So yesterday, the Senate released their border deal that proposed legislation, which would provide some, well, money, uh, $118 billion in supplemental packages. Incredible. $60 billion to support Ukraine, $14 billion in security assistance for Israel, $2.4 billion for uh, operations at CENTCOM, $10 billion in humanitarian assistance. Oh, it's a United States border bill, by the way, that yeah. they're talking about. And I'm sure you noticed that I didn't mention anything about money for the border. Okay, so a couple things. When these people talk, you should believe them. Mitch McConnell and Todd Young and uh, or Spendingberg or whatever we're calling Todd today and the rest of the the good time fun gang in the in the Senate stood in front of the world in 2022 and said Ukraine is the most important thing to Senate Republicans. That is exactly what Mitch McConnell said. 
none none of the, the a whole bunch of people behind him no one raised their hand and said uh what that means that the power structure now there are some objectors but for the most part the power structure of the republican party in the u.s senate believes that ukraine is the most important thing there's been no retraction of that statement there's been no we changed our mind there's been no this doesn't seem like a good idea anymore so we are led to believe that mitch mcconnell's statement in december of 2022 still stands that Ukraine, not you, not your family, not food, not the border, not energy, not foreign, none of that, defending the homeland, none of that matters most. It is Ukraine. And Mike Lee, who's a senator from Utah, put the, summed this up as perfectly as he possibly could, mm-hmm. which was that the Marine Corps budget for fiscal year 23 was $53.8 billion. So all the Marine Corps. $53.8 billion, and they want to send $60 billion to the Ukraine. Believe these people when they talk. Believe these people when Todd Young and Mitch McConnell tell you what they think and what they want to do. And they did it. This bill is a Ukraine funding bill disguised as something that does something with the border. The majority of the money is going to the Ukraine, mm-hmm. period. Believe these people when they talk, Casey. So it really is not a United States border bill at all. They might as well just call it the Ukraine border bill. Right. Because it, that's what it is. It, it, it is. And uh, now I know you said it's dead on arrival in the House. Look at how many times the House, the Republicans, a block of Republicans have sided with the Democrats. Clearly the Democrats want it. It's a Schumer bill. So I wouldn't be so sure that they can't figure out a way to find, you know, seven to ten useful idiots on the Republican side decide with the Democrats, and that's all they're going to have to get, and then this thing goes through. So the Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, said that he's seen enough. The bill is worse than he expected. And as the lead Democrat negotiator proclaimed, uh, the border never closes with this bill. It's perpetually open. And Mike Johnson said if this bill reaches the House, it will be dead on arrival. Those were his words. We'll see how much backbone he actually has. There is no need for a border bill. We already have the tools necessary to shut down the southern border. We have had the tools necessary to shut down the southern border since about 1986 when 2 million illegal immigrants under Reagan, so again, bipartisan failure at the border, uh, when 2 million plus illegal immigrants were legalized in exchange for Casey, border security. Mm -hmm. Here we are 38, 37, whatever years later, and the border is still not secure and you have more illegal immigrants flooding over than ever before. We have the laws necessary to secure the border. We have the resources necessary to secure the border. We do not have the political will to secure the border. That is all that is stopping us from securing the southern border. One of the uh, amazing parts about it was that $2.3 billion is earmarked for nonprofits. And <laughs> of it is. some of these nonprofits, what they do is they direct illegals how to get into the country and what to do. So right. it's, it's complicit. It's actually helping make the problem worse. Yes. Not only is it stopping Wait, illegals from coming in. Ah, time out, Casey. You said something there, and I'm going to have to have you explain this further to me because I just uh, I cannot believe this. You said the government is about to do something that is going to make the problem worse. (laughs) Wait a second. Uh, I know. How ridiculous of me, right? Now, remember we talked about on Friday, we have a a very good friend of the show who uh, had a distinguished uh, career in the U.S. military, followed up with a very distinguished career in law enforcement, which Mm -hmm. he is still currently in, and he of his own free will was asked, uh, because he still works for the federal government, to go down and participate in helping 
didn't attempt to secure the border for about a month over the Christmas uh, season. Mm -hmm. And he is back and he told us it is even worse than you could ever imagine. Yeah. He said, well, and uh, Governor Holcomb, is he back? He was down there yesterday. Oh, I was hoping we left him down there. (laughs) Did he come back? (laughs) I thought you were going to say, I was hoping we were going to forget about that. I don't, I'm not sure if he's back or not, but it'll be interesting to see uh what that perspective has done to him because he was one of the last people to add his name to that letter of uh, red state governors right. who wanted to support Texas. But and I'm sh- wondering if, you know, being down there and seeing with his own eyes will change his opinion. He sure was there for the photo op, though. I saw his... Uh- uh- Isn't that interesting? Because he's like eight feet tall, so he stands over everyone. And all you could see in the background was his uh, Colonel Sanders beard Mm -hmm. over uh, Abbott when he was given his... uh given his speech. But yes, he made it to the border. Let's hope like the Taco Bell commercial, he made a run for the border. And maybe, maybe we could just drop him in Mexico for a while and have him remain in Mexico. Is that policy still in place? But isn't it interesting that he's playing it so safe because he's not going to be governor again. Why is he playing it safe? But instead, he's just checking out the landscape, seeing what everybody else is doing. And then at the last minute, adds his name to that list of governors. And then when he runs down there, as you mentioned, gets in all the photos. Okay. um, Let's Let's take a break. When we come back, we started our show with this. Um, everyone today and every day going forward, if you see Victoria Sparts in public, <laughs> whether it's at a Michael's Craft Store mm-hmm. or a Chipotle or Walmart or an official campaign event or whatever it, m- it might be, on behalf of the Kendall and Casey show, you need to point at her and laugh and make sure she, she knows you're laughing for us because she is a clown and she is a joke. Can we talk about her when we come back? Yep, that's on the way from 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. On a dark desert highway. Good morning, 935 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Representative Victoria Sparts announced that she will not run again. Okay, she said that between family, work, or country, it's never an easy task. She decided to take some time off from running for public office to recharge and spend more time in Indiana with her family. Current headline. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, that's not wait the current minute. headline. That was last year. <laughs> that was that was February 3rd, 23. So basically I'm one, sorry. So basically one year ago. Well, not quite today, but one year and two days ago. Mm -hmm. Can you read that headline again, Casey? Uh, Well, the headline uh, is that she she said she wasn't going to run a year ago. And then this morning she reversed her position. So for one year, she told people, I'm not going to run. Mm -hmm. And then today, after, I don't know, there's like a million people who have lined up to run in her place. Now those people have made plans, et cetera. Now she has at the last minute said, screw you guys. I'm so needed in Washington, D.C. I'm going to go ahead and run again. Mm-hmm. Well, do you remember she said that uh, it was a great honor representing Hoosiers in the uh, Indiana State Senate and also the U.S. Congress. She said she appreciated the strong support that she had. 24 would mark seven years of holding elective office, but she needed to focus on her family. You know, it's interesting. Kev came in with the Hotel California there, and there's a line in Hotel California. <laughs> you can check out anytime you'd like, but you can never leave. Yes, absolutely. And th- look, this woman is pathetic 
and she has been pathetic for the past year. I mean, remember the nonsensical, like, like almost psychobabble from her during the speaker stuff where she's present, she's not for or against McCarthy, then she's on with Tony, and she's just just babbling on incoherently about demands that she has, and if she doesn't get the demands, well, then she she might just quit in the middle of the of the term. Like any, I love the, remember in Wayne's World where, where the ex-girlfriend won't leave him alone, and she's like, if you're not careful, Wayne, you're going to lose me. And he's like, I lost just six months ago when we broke up. That's what breaking up is. I don't miss you at all. These are this is Victoria Sparts with the voters of her district. Like you people, if you're not careful, you're gonna lose me. And people are like, good, go. Mm-hmm. You've accomplished nothing while you've been there. You have embarrassed yourself. You have embarrassed your district. You just babble on incoherently a whole bunch of the time. You sound like a lunatic. And the grift. This is how strong the grift is for these people. Even when she tells you she's going to go, even when she emphatically makes the announcement because, I don't know, she wanted sympathy or whatever, even when she tells you she's going to go, at the end of the day, the grift is so strong in Washington, that hot tub is so deep and they can't go. They cannot go, Casey. She says that uh, she needs to regroup because she thinks her party is failing the people. No kidding, lady. She's part of the party. Yes. Yes, lady, your party is failing the people. Thank you. <laughs> Jot it down. Put it on the headlines. Victoria Sparks, the Republicans are failing the people. Yes, 100%. But you're a part of that. Okay, so she was on with Tony Katz this morning when she was making that announcement, and um, she explains why she's not leaving. So you are back in this race, uh, Tony Katz, uh, talking to Congresswoman Victoria Sparks of the 5th District, who is made the decision to run for re-election. It was a very public declaration that you weren't uh, going uh, to run. Does this come on the heels of this border legislation coming out of the Senate, this so-called bipartisan deal with Senator Langford, Republican from Oklahoma, Senator Murphy from Connecticut, Democrat, and Senator Sinema, so-called independent fr- from Arizona? Arizona was was that the the decider or was there something else going on there are two big issues border security and national debt and unfortunately this is an issue that's destructive for our country and unfortunately we haven't been able to hold the ground as we should the republicans unfortunately we don't have too many lies in the senate and uh the house hasn't been as strong, but we have to get stronger, and I need to help to get my colleagues stronger and actually deliver. Because this is not just really something that, you know, just happen overnight. This is not just something, you know, that is a small issue. This is a material issue being neglected by our institutions. We tried to reform it. We did. We did a lot of reforms. You know, we tried to create policies, task forces. Stop. I was extremely- Stop. I'm going to get mad. You know how I get when I get mad. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be mad on a Monday. She's lying. You guys haven't done anything. You have passed these meaningless bills that you know will never become law, lady. And then when you have an opportunity to actually make things become public policy in the budget negotiations, whether it's debt ceiling or spending negotiations, in order to keep the federal government open, you get nothing. 
No, lies. I'm done with the lies, Casey. Mm -hmm. She's a liar. She's a grifter, and she's a liar. And I hope, whether it's Goodrich or whoever else, beats that woman into dust in this primary season. Okay, so do you remember when she announced last year that she said being a working mom is tough and that she wanted to spend more time with her daughter? Oh, welcome to the party, pal! Oh, being a working mom is tough. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're the first person to ever experience that, Victoria Sparts. Well, I'm wondering if that's why she wasn't able to focus while she was there, you know. <laughs> but she says that it's her constituents that have talked to her and said, you know, we need oh, yeah. you there. Yeah, they're they're on bended knee. They're they're uh, they're like they're like Jake Blues and the Blues Brothers with with Carrie Fisher under the under the uh, under the bridge begging. Yeah, nobody's begging her to stay. Nobody other than her inner circle actually cares whether it's her or whoever else because whoever it is is going to be completely inefficient because we know how it works in the Republican Party. These people get in there the majority of them, the overwhelming majority of them, they get told how it's going to be. They say, sorry for having ideas. And then they sit in the back very quietly. And it is all about themselves and it is all about their self-elevation. Look, lady, you had your chance. You've been there four years. You've accomplished nothing. You guys have had complete control of government for a year and a half now in terms of controlling the money. While you haven't had the senator or the presidency, you've controlled the money in the House. You've done nothing. All the Biden policies are still in effect and in play. Everything is a mess. And that's Republican governance. You have been totally ineffective, Victoria Sparts. And if in four years you've been totally ineffective, you did the right thing, which you said, I'm very frustrated by this. I'm going to get out of here. Nobody faults you for that. That's fine. You tried. You failed. Mm -hmm. Just like everybody else is going to go in there, is going to try and fail. But now this last – I mean, it is so – this sounds like a terrible word to use, but it's the only one that's coming to my mind. It's just so rude to the people who made their choices based around what you – for a long period of time espoused your choice was. A year. Remember the thing uh, during the uh, McCarthy stuff in the, in the what was that, late summer, early fall, it wasn't about whether I'm going to run again. It was about am I going to quit in the middle of the term or am I actually going to finish my term? It wasn't even, a, the running again wasn't even a question. And now at the end, when she sees that, you know, no, nobody's going to care who you are once you're not a congresswoman. Nobody's. Nobody's going to kiss your ring finger anymore, open doors for you or anything else. It all becomes about the power. And she just is just like the rest of them. She chose the power and she's a liar. So on behalf, and do you want me to lump you in with this? Are you sure, Kev? You went in on this one too? You You want in on this, Kevin? Do you want in on, do you want to be a part of this, uh, what I'm about to say? He doesn't know. He's Uh, waffling. Sure. Okay. So I have consent. Uh, uh, There was a motion. There was a second. All in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Motion passes. So on behalf of the Kendall and Casey show, Mm -hmm. if you see Victoria Smarts (laughs) from now through election day, Mm -hmm. you have an obligation, Mm -hmm. a duty to your country. A service to humanity, not just to reject her, not just to scorn her, but physically. And I mean, like Nelson Muntz in The Simpsons, point and go, ha ha, and say, I'm doing this on behalf of the Kendall and Casey show, because you, ma'am, are a liar and a fraudster. And this lie is so big and this fraud is so big that someone should put you on an episode of American Greed. Well, do you remember when she voted for president with Kevin McCarthy and she said, my concern is that we didn't come together and then resign and then now not resigning and she's waffling, right? The waffler. If she does that with her own decisions about her own career, what is she doing for you as your representative? Casey, uh, you've been happily married for a long time, so this may not apply to you. But um, 
women, I've seen this happen before, like to be chased, right? Mm -hmm. Is that, I mean, is that a fair assessment? You're the woman expert in this show. Yeah. And sometimes there are some women, certainly not you, um, but like, let's say when Kirk Herbstreet chose Sally, (laughs) what's her face? Jenny Ruby. Jenny Ruby over you. Right. Did you do the thing where you're like, you're, you're going to be sorry. And you started walking away thinking that Kirk Herbstreet would magically change, change his, mind his mind and start chasing after you. Sure. And then when he didn't, did you become enraged and start writing Kirk great big on the walls at your, right. at your house? I mean, th- this is what Victoria Sparks thought was going to happen. I will not be ignored. Exactly. She's, she's basically Glenn Close. She thought, and I, I'm telling, I'm telling you right now, this is what this woman thought. Cause I know these people like the back of my hand, the self-importance of these people in elected office is so great and the narcissism is so strong that she thought when she came out and said I've had enough of this I'm just not going to run again she thought there would be people beating down her door she thought people would be on bended knee oh please Victoria please don't don't not run again we need you nobody cares yeah but you know what now now she's thinking they can't do it without her. Yeah, well, and she's about to find out. Look, if you vote for this woman after she lied to you, mm. she lied to you for a year. If you vote for her, you are just, <laughs> you might as well just hand that woman a mallet and go hit me right between the eyes, lady, because that, you can't be any more mistreated as a taxpayer and as a voter than what this woman is doing to you right now. You're listening to Kendall and Casey. It's 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Ten minutes away from 10, you're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Donald Trump sat down on Sunday Morning Futures on Fox News and had a long conversation with Maria. One of the things that they uh, discussed while he was there was uh, vice president candidates, and he was name-dropping a few. He mentioned Tim Scott, and he also mentioned Christy Nome. I watched him in the last week defending me and sticking up for me and fighting for me. I said, man, I said, you're a much better person for me than you are for yourself, because for himself, he was low key. For me, he's been he's been a real tiger. He's been incredible. And others have, too. Uh, So maybe it's Tim Scott. Well, it could be it could be a lot of people. But it was interesting. I was watching Tim. I've been watching, you know, for a while. I watched him campaign as a candidate. But I watched him over the last two weeks. Uh, as you know, he endorsed me, fully endorsed me, gave me a beautiful endorsement. And he has been really strong. Uh, Christy Nome has been incredible fighting for me. She said I'd never run against him because I can't beat him. That was a very nice thing to say. What was it's the story that your team reached out to RFK Jr.? Did it's you? a false story, no. It's a false you story. never reached you know out what? to RFK Jr.? I like Jr.? him a lot. Nope, never, never happened. That, that, I'm so glad to hear him say that because yeah. that would have been a duh disaster and i think trump i hope i assume and i know it's dangerous to do but that trump understands the vice presidential pick for him is actually very important because if he's going to run on hey i learned my lesson from 20 2016 to 2020 and i learned my lesson about the people i surround myself with mm-hmm. and the people that i let in my inner circle a big problem for for trump and it's now a lot of people are coming out saying the leaks and we said this at the time because i know those people 
were Pence people and Pence stuff that was getting out about him and the turncoats and a lot of those people. So there, this is the first big thing he's going to do mm-hmm. is pick the vice president. And if he goes with somebody that is inside that establishment box, he is going to be burn a lot of uh, goodwill with people and benefit of the doubt with people. So, you know, he can't pick an establishment person. He, he can't pick, uh, you know, obviously Nikki Haley. He, ca- he can't pick... Uh, you know, someone who is an actual liberal like Robert F. Kennedy Jr., he's got to pick a reliable conservative that the that the base will see is outside the mainstream enough that will that will appease the, the you know his core group of voters. So, does it matter what state these people are from? Like, uh, you know, we mentioned Tim Scott, South Carolina, and then Christy Nome, uh, South Dakota. Well, and so we got on this conversation. By my math. The last time a vice presidential pick made a difference in the election in the sense of that delivered a state was Lyndon Johnson for Kennedy Mm -hmm. in 1960, because uh, Nixon, no, Carter, no, Reagan, no, Bush, no, Clinton, no, uh, Bush, no, Mm -hmm. Bush, Ken, well, how many Bushes, Um, uh, Obama, no, Trump, no. So you have to go back 1960. I think maybe that ship has sailed where maybe if you had some super popular in-state governor in a swing state, maybe. But I just think that ship has sailed. And so you've got to get the best person who can articulate and fight for you and your vision. Who best fights for and articulates my vision for the country? Well, he was asked what his criteria is when he considers somebody, and this is what he said. When will you announce who your VP is? Not for a while. I mean, I have, we have so many great people in the Republican Party, but not for a while. Well, what criteria are you using to identify who your running mate is? Always it's got to be one thing. It's got to be who would be a good president. I mean, you always have to think that because, you know, in case of emergency, things happen, right? No matter who you are, things happen. It's got to be number one. Who is your running mate? Well, I have a lot of good people. We have a lot of really good people. So you haven't decided who it is? I have a lot of good ideas, but I haven't. And there's no reason so to do that So you haven't told that person, you're my person. I, I speak to everybody. I speak to everybody. I love how she asks him the same question in a different way. Uh, but I wonder if that is something that Joe Biden considered when he selected. Well, no, he made it very clear. Mate. He picked her because she's black and a woman. I mean, yeah. he made very, very clear that's what he was going to do and why he did it. And look at what the quality you get when you pick based on that. The reality is he could have picked many women who are also black who have been very qualified. He didn't, but he also diluted everything that it you know it meant. All right, Casey, let's take a break. Mm-hmm. When we come back, there is a huge, huge, huge national story that merges politics and sports and business and the legal system together. And we have totally failed covering this the way it needs to be covered. So when we come back, we are going to have an absolute expert tell us what's going on with this topic we have totally failed on. How about that for a tease? Sounds good. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. 